Question 2,556. How strong is my mind? Um, a bit of a weird question, mostly because there's no real general consensus of what constitutes a strong mind. It's not really a question on intelligence, it's almost more willpower, maybe? Constitution? You know, one of those old-timey concepts about building character which is basically a parent's excuse for dragging the kid along to something they will be bored at. When it comes to myself, I would argue that I am strong-minded. You know, I say that just to give that little bit of leeway where I don't sound completely egotistical. Now, my measuring point for that is being able to do something that is out of the ordinary disgusting. If you can summon the power to do the cleanup on the absolute most heinous thing you can imagine, you can do anything. And to me, if I can't do that as a boss, then I really can't expect my underlings to do the same thing and hit that level of upkeep. R reading back that last section, it's almost as if I'm saying I'm proud to be a janitor. Trust me. Absolutely not. I've had to clean up bathroom messes that look like someone threw a roughly chopped kale smoothie into the corner of the room. But when no one else has the balls to do a basic ass cleanup, then I really don't have much of a choice in the matter. As long as there's plenty of plastic gloves and enough bleach to fill up a sink, then anything is possible. But amazingly enough, I have a worse story than anything bathroom related, which has basically become my barometer about horrible tasks, which I will share now, as if you aren't grossed out by my kale smoothie joke earlier. So I'm at work, doing the usual stuff. Apparently we were having issues with the trash company, trying to figure out the appropriate number of dumpsters we needed so that we weren't giving the raccoons just a sprawling new paradise of rotten tomatoes and leftover fish fillets. The dumpster company thought we wanted to rough it with just one dumpster with a ah, come pick it up whenever you feel like it kind of schedule. While we were trying to get something figured out, the trash wasn't getting emptied and it starts to build up. And the thing was filled to the brim for another week before anything happened. When you have multiple departments that deal with fresh food, prepping and tossing stuff every day, well, you kinda need multiple dumpsters. For example, the meat department has to go through their section to make sure all the dates on products are fine to purchase. And when they aren't, they must toss these items. And this was when we were slow at the time. So they are pulling a solid selection of product almost every day. And when these items cannot physically fit into the dumpster that no one is picking up, by the way, you gotta figure something out. So we took a potato bin from produce. Imagine, like, you know, a cardboard box about three feet high from the ground and put it next to the dumpster and filled it with all of the meat trash, 
just so that all of that was out of the building and not being a health code violation. So, to recap, you have a giant mound of meat and chicken that was already turning bad even when under refrigeration, sitting outside next to a stacked dumpster during the summer, mind you. It was basically a pile of We finally figured out a deal with a trash company and they came out to pick up the dumpster. They did not pick up the bin of rotting meat. The job then became get the bin of rotting meat into the dumpster. You can see where this is going, but I'm still going to finish the story. So we try to get the top stock boy to toss it. He immediately flinches and bails out. Fine, he's a kid, he can bail out. It then came down to me to toss the pile. I basically had to pull everything of my feelings and senses into my central core. I basically had to shut all of it down. It was basically the closest I've ever come to being a robot where I only had one goal in mind, pile A into bin B. I don't recall breathing, smelling, or even my name at that point in time. It was my entire focus on tossing away the complete society of bug larvae that had developed in that time frame. Straight up, I became a Terminator robot before it became a punchline and quip machine. And this is a weird thing to be proud of, but there was nary a drop of disgusting juice on any of my clothing at any point in time. Now, this is one example taken to an extreme on a scale that no one agrees with. But that single day of rancid chicken and whatnot basically tempered my nerves into steel traps with nary a puke in sight. So when you have a mess and yet you can't get any of your peons underneath you to do the job, share my story of fortitude and trimmed excess fat. This might be the only way I get any credit by becoming a hobo legend tall tale. Y'all ain't never heard of ouch and the legend of the upchuck chuck? Well, pull up a pizza box and rest a spell. You ever have one of those moments where any algorithm that thinks it knows you just kind of does a weird reset? And then all of a sudden you're getting weird topics you've never looked up before in your life? You know, you're doom scrolling in bed one night and then it's just improve your bowling technique with this simple trick. It's like, what the hell? When did I say anything about bowling? That happened to me on TikTok recently. I'm scrolling through videos and I recognize nothing. And it wasn't even giving me the stuff from people who I watched but not followed. That's weird no man's land. And then I get a video with some business guy. I don't remember his name because I really don't want to. He was describing his online business at some kind of conference or whatever. And it was basically an exercise in frustration. 
I'm paraphrasing for the sake of brevity, but he was going, our company first searches any and all of the most popular topics. Then we use AI to transcribe the most popular video script. Then we run that script through another AI to make a new script for our site. And then we do it again for our podcast. Blah, blah, blah. You get the idea. And I have to say, there is no hell hot, cold, or indifferent enough for this man. This was the first time I had heard that people are using AI as cheap and easy writers. And I am annoyed by it to no end. Not only to a more successful endeavor than I'm doing, but even in terms of grunt work. That might just be because I'm a caveman and I slap at the keyboard hoping for the right letters coming up. Trust me, I take a while, even just for the brain spewing on this podcast. You know, one basic ass discussion starter topic piece, that's an all day thing for me. Granted, trying to find the right pictures online in the correct format is a struggle in sanity itself. But to think that a robot could do my hobby better than me is disconcerting at the very least. As much as I'm trying to write for fun and on the side, if there's going to be an option that does it in split seconds with assuming near-perfect grammatical accuracy, exactly covering the topic you're looking for, well, shit, that is some Terminator Robot Wars level of hostile takeover. Why would you have a human writer do it who wants to be paid for it when HAL 9000 already has it done by the end of this sentence? And writers are the minority of people being affected by this uprising. Artists are really getting hammered by the art generators online. To varying degrees of quality. Put it like this, the free generators give you art that looks like a doodle of Jabba the Hutt on a stained cocktail napkin. It's all just bulbous and wet, no matter what you want to create. Father, I have returned for you, boob. But like, the serious ones where you have to sign up and pay for it? That shit is winning art contests. Granted, I bet someone is putting their name on it just so they can get the credit and or the first prize at the art contest. Listen, robots do not need more ammunition for revenge. Let them have the credit. But I'm not gonna lie. I've played with the freebie generators a little bit. Nothing serious. I would just throw in whatever was the funniest sounding thing in my head and see what would pop up. You know, hermit crab out for revenge. Shit like that. But then I wanted to see if it could make a podcast logo for me. And it worked. Kind of. Again, Cheapo AI got the basic idea down. Except if it was waterlogged and half inflated at the same time. But a basic message could be communicated. And even worse, AI generation is about to take over people's voices. And apparently it takes like minutes to get a particular voice learned and be nearly identical to a particular source. You know, similar but different. My goofy sound effects program now has a thing that will make a robot sing whatever song you can think of. Now, to be fair, yeah, I'm probably gonna try it out. Mostly to craft a song exploring the mission and drive of a monkey that steals bikini tops at the beach. 
in the smoothest groove I can muster. Again, I'm trying to have fun, but I can completely see a record company just using this to make millions of dollars. And Sega probably already did this with Hatsune Miku? You know, different, but the same. It basically comes down time and cost for people looking for a specific image. To use my own example, I've been podcasting on and off for a number of years, and I have made exactly zero dollars. And yes, artists should get paid for their work, except I'm already in the red on any project I do. The resources aren't there. Plus, the commission rate always seems weird, no disrespect. Like, all I need is something that looks good in a thumbnail, but you're charging me a down payment on a new super mansion? Like, what am I, a Twitch streamer? I'm not made of money. In the end, AI generation tools are basically what happens when science doesn't understand doing things for fun. I've created an AI that can do all of your work for you. You know, I mean, thanks, but I still want to work. Wait, why? I'm sure scientists look at the entire timeline of creating an art piece, the rough drafts, into the layout, inking down the final draft, the color. They just look at all that and go, Oh, this is bullshit. Ah, oh, I'm so bored. Science is good at solving the what, but not so much the reason behind the why. But the AI doesn't get rid of humanity's desire to create. For me, whenever I do reviews, it's another variation of what's out there, but it is my take. Yes, I try to joke it up a bit more than any other serious wannabe talking head on the GameStop channel, and again, it's still mine. No matter how many scripts you feed a robot, it's never going to get an exact reflection of my character enough to replace the human expression of art, whether written, drawn, or sung. Unless it wins a contest. Then you have an eternal rival you will never defeat. So, I was kind of in a melancholistic, nostalgic mood at work the other night. It's pretty easy for that anymore. Long story short, inflation pricing, road construction, lost a lot of money during Thanksgiving and month, and now people barely come in anymore. I know most other stores have the opposite problem of being too busy, so silver linings, but still, when you're stuck at a place until closing time, and you've been done with everything since lunch? It just kind of makes you want to break something and then clean it up just for something to do. So I'm just basically waiting around to close up. And I kind of got to thinking of my role at work. I've been there for around five years, a long chunk of time in terms of employment. But looking back on it, it's like I got hired around the time when the good times disappeared. There's always that era where everyone in the building were friends, business was good, you never really caught flack from higher ups, positions were filled, everyone had a crew. L legit, it's everything you want at work. 
you know, just phrasing it out feels like I'm talking about ancient history with the attitudes towards work in general nowadays. I know jobs are jobs, but people take this stuff so inward and personally. It's like they have to fight goblins and shit. And it's like that towards any job at all anymore. Ugh, thank god I got away from that living hellscape known as the Build-A-Bear Workshop. When I started there, it felt like their crew knew each other's intricacies and found a system that worked and had the personalities that made it fun. The store manager was one of the more popular managers, the assistant manager was a laugh riot, a couple of the others were, you know, sons of the higher-ups, so we had access to their ear. It was a time where they had their system, everything got done, and it was a blast working there. For me, that lasted about a month. And then everything kinda switched around. You know, managers switch to different stores, people come, people go. Some leave, some go to different stores, and hell, I was a victim of that within a year. I jumped around so much, there was about a solid year where I was driving 30 minutes away into another state when the store where I started at was about 10 minutes away from my house. Granted, I threw fairness out the window a long time ago, so I kind of took this as part of the territory. Certainly builds a reputation of being able to do anything and go anywhere. You know, whenever I see the big boss, I always have that sense of dread of, oh, where are they going to send me this time? But I get paid the same regardless. Looking back on it, it's really the people I miss the most. As the introvert who will not speak unless spoken to, it feels like a lot of missed opportunities and friendships and loves that I am now completely missing in my life. Remember, Going to work is not an excuse to wake up. You are more than your job. I'm not sure why I have that sentence in there. It just sounds good, I guess. There was this kid. Nice enough, you know, early 20s. Part-time during the day, unless the post office needed him. Oh, man, he was trying for that post office job for years. Can you get gaslit by a government job? It did kind of bite him in the ass near the end, you know, you can only really get away with bolting out of a place for your other job when what your role isn't that important, but when you switch to like a step up, you know, everyone needs everyone, besides the point. He was a good kid, kind of the butt of the joke sometimes, but who isn't, you know? Plus, he could dish it out back a little bit, or at least he thought he could, and it was a good time. It's called banter, look it up. Oh, but there was this girl who I miss a lot. She is an immensely talented cake decorator who could do super realistic cakes, both on flat surfaces and do like 3D cakes with like effects and everything. Like she would go above and beyond for Halloween doing like full werewolf heads and Bigfoot's face. She was honestly amazing at what she could do. And she just had a fantastic butt. I mean, hear me out on this. It was just the perfect amount of squeeze, but not too much for her body type, which is more important than you realize it. Okay, so one day I'm cutting through the back room, like going through the bakery back onto the floor, and I just happened to see her butt was covered with powdered sugar, and I just blurted out, hey, your butt's covered in powdered sugar, not realizing the implication that I was looking at her butt. And she just kind of went, oh man, you know, brushed it off. And I went, okay, 
We're good. We're good. Hello again. Nothing ever really happened between us. Just two introverted ships passing in the night. That has always been my issue. I've been beaten down and ripped up, emotionally speaking, when it comes to dealing with relationships. Basically my entire life. There's never an interest in me, no one is available, just nothing but shattered dreams. Cashiers, bakery counter girls, classmates, all zero interest. Although nowadays, work is nothing but old ladies, so take the better than nothing good with the crippling depression bad. To try to do a tail whip back into the positive spin, honestly, everything has to do with your personality. As a manager, I will let you get away with damn near murder, as long as you are fun to talk to for a couple of hours. For example, we had another kid who kind of bounced back and forth between being there in the day and a closing that night. He was in a band as a keyboard player, so, you know, there's a background there you can kind of explore and talk with him about. He was also kind of a stoner, so you can get some weirdness out of him every now and again. Not the greatest of workers at all, except you could have a good time with him during the day. And that's what makes the job better. The work will basically always be there, but the in-between times is when you need the support. That's where you make the social connections and become friends with the crew you got. Like that's how you make the day at work more meaningful to your mood. And it really helps out when they have an amazing butt. Well, that'll about do it for this time. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Ouchcast. You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at JustOuch, capital J-U-S-T, capital A-E-W-C-H. Or send an email to ouch64 at gmail.com. And if you really want to show your appreciation, consider a monthly donation to this little old podcaster. Click on the link in the episode description to find out more. Until next time, everybody, you'll hear from me soon enough. Bye-bye.